When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Red Keep to Magor's Holdfast and all the burning places in between, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Napsock, and this is what we do. We talk about a show we like, discuss, break down, question, dig into... It's not so much a review. It's a discussion about Game of Thrones. And to do that, I have a full complement of characters. Andres Cabrera is back. Welcome back. Hey, glad to be back. Hey, we're not alone this week. No, I'm happy about that. That was a lot of fun, but we love the perspective of these two souls. Two of my favorites in this uh, fandom and just the digital media world overall. Rachel Cushing and Lon Harris back. Welcome, team. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Good job holding down the fort last week. Yeah, Very thoughtful episode. Well Thank done. Uh, I, unfortunately, work got the better of Lon and I. Yeah, hey. It happens. I was um, very uh, I was very disappointed when I came in and I told yeah. Ken, I was like, I want those too. I want to hear their Aww, thoughts. It, it has to be wanted. Yeah. yeah. That makes feel good. <laughs> no, it happened. Hey, we need we always need different perspectives and different yes. experiences and points of view. I think that's very valuable in these discussions, but also real life kicks in. And it was a back-to-back punch. It was Rachel's like, I gotta work, and Lon's like, I gotta work. And it was like, what am I what am I going to say? No, we need you. <laughs> we need you. But uh, all four of us here to discuss uh, episode five, season eight. We are almost here. Uh, I know everyone uses the term penultimate, and it's a fun term, but uh, this is the second to last episode. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Bells, directed by Miguel Sapochnik. When we yeah. saw that well, a while ago, we thought, oh, there's probably something big happening there that involves a lot of fighting. Uh, Dan and Dave, I do believe, the credited writers mm-hmm. on this one. Indeed. The bells, the bells. Let's start with this thing. This is, I love that they have not revealed, they're not, they don't reveal the titles until the episode plays. Do you guys have fun with that? Oh, this I love that. Yeah, yeah I'm enjoying so it. Good. And I like that they're doing it even when it uh, wouldn't be a giveaway. Like the bells <laughs> yeah. wouldn't tell us anything right. in advance. Yeah. Yeah, it's always kind of fun to um, sit with Grace when we bring up HBO now. We love when it refreshes. We sit there, yeah. and go back, go back. Uh, here it is. Episode oh, really? 72. Oh, I hit it. I, yeah, I just hit it with the, the number comes up, and then yeah. I don't find out until the end of the episode. Oh, no, called. no, we do that too, but just the episode itself. Oh, right. Did yeah. the episode show up, we're sitting there with our food, our drink, and uh, actually last night we, we ordered food, and then we're like, we got to finish this before. Like, we just scarfed the food down because we wanted to concentrate there. Yeah. So, um, uh, first, of all, first of all, let's just start. Um, uh, how are you guys uh, How are you guys doing just as fans right now? Are we okay? Do we need a group hug? I don't know, I was going to say, when you said that this is a <laughs> podcast that's a discussion, I'm like, actually, this is my therapy. <laughs> because there's a lot, not just processing the episode, but processing yeah. the reaction to the episode. And I know we've all had multiple conversations in the social media sphere, as well as amongst our friends and family. Um, it's a very divisive episode, a very divisive season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful that most of my friends are cordial about it, but I know that yeah. there are some less so out there. <laughs> it's yeah. And it's, I say that too, because I feel like I think it should be, be a good reminder 
when you're listening to my voice, I am not a professional critic, and I don't do this to be a critic. There's very thoughtful reviews that are like critical reviews of the show from people that we know, and I'm not speaking for anyone here at this table. I'm speaking for myself. I watch it as a living document. I think all this is real, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> then I sit down and break down. It uh, doesn't mean we're not going to take, uh, we didn't like this shot, or we didn't like that. That's not, that's not what we do. It's just a, I get a lot of that, time, a lot of that, uh, you know, if, uh, if my review of the show doesn't line with yours, that upsets you, and uh, I don't want that to be the case uh, i want you to have your opinions too as well so uh, andres are you doing okay yeah i mean i told you as soon as i came in that i i really do feel like episode three the long night brought a little bit of it but now i really feel like game of thrones has fully hit star wars mm-hmm. level of toxic fandom and yeah. i know that word is thrown around a lot but my god ken <laughs> i've been on twitter um all day and all night and my, it is officially toxic yeah per my opinion it, because what's what I'm seeing even more than Star Wars, I mean, it's very, you're very right. But like, I'm seeing friend against friend. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing it's happening. people we know who love each other attacking each other. Online. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if it's more about social media than mm. the content of whatever franchise we're talking about. That it, yeah. It's less about Star Wars or Game of Thrones or anything intrinsic to that. And it's more about like people are putting their opinions out there. And it's like once it's out there on Facebook or on Twitter, it's it's. It feels permanent, even yeah. though nobody is going to think about it. Like, nobody cares about your jackass opinions. In 24 hours, everyone will forget, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like we're really staking out a claim yeah. and we're putting out this thing publicly. And then when other people disagree, it, it's like some, a personal attack. Somehow. Right. We get yeah. defensive. And I, I mean, I say we like I don't excuse myself from this. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. caught up in it, too. But I, I think that's part of what's happening, that that everybody is just staking out a claim. And even times when in person. Yeah. With your friends, you'd be like, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. No, no, no. On social media, it's like, no, it, yeah, yeah. it was astonishingly terrible and yeah. everything gets blown yeah. out of proportion. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So I, I, I want to bring yeah. up, I kind of want to not counter it, but I just do, I want to add a little wrinkle to that mm-hmm. considering the two friends that came at me yeah. who are two friends of mine don't have social media and are not on Twitter and are not on Instagram. And these are, you know, two friends who are exactly my age. Wait, so you have, not, you have friends that you talk yep. to in person. Yep, <laughs> I do. And it's, and they're exactly my yeah. age. So it's not that they're, you know, out of touch. It's not, it's not old me. It, it, exactly. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. someone who's ancient and no, these are actual <laughs> friends of mine who don't have social media and are not on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting because I did feel like, what are you guys talking about? Like yeah. I did go back and forth with them and yeah, yeah. it did feel very personal. And that's, <laughs> I think that's yeah. the bottom line is yeah. that we all are, so personally invested yeah. in this and same thing you can mm-hmm. say about star wars and the mcu and and the the giant fandoms that have come into existence in in you know the last 20 years in the way that they have mm-hmm. coupled with the rise of social media it's just sort of like a a, a ticking time bomb of a s- confluence of these types of things but what it comes down to is, you know, all of us have been invested since day one of the show. Some Mm -hmm. of us have been invested far longer with the books and because there's a community around it, you know, we've been going through it together. And when you feel for lack of a better word, betrayed by the show, and Mm -hmm. then you share that feeling with others and they like vehemently disagree. Mm -hmm. It is, it's people take it so personally. And at the end of the day, it's all opinion. It's yeah. all what we bring to this and what we take away from it. And I just wish we were all a little bit more, you know, uh, careful with each other and mm. forgiving of 
You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a personal opinion and does not deserve attack. It, that's true. No. Except for my friend Juwan Guillory, over, I used to produce <laughs> Screen Junkies, who hates The Last Jedi. I pray for him every day. He, he knows that, Juwan. If you're listening, you're a horrible person. Kidding. You're the best person I've ever known. Um, let's get into this. All right. Let's get into this. The Bells. Uh, we we kind of, you know, we, 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 we don't really predict on the show. We did get into what we think it's going to go next. So... I kind of had uh, this I, I don't know what's happening type of vibe when I started. Uh, I, were you guys completely lost or was that just me? I mean, I knew, all right, we got something going on King's Landing, Sapachnik's directing. I think even Amelia Clark had tweeted something out about, wait till episode five. Like, thanks, Amelia. Uh, we're here. <laughs> Where were yeah, you at? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, always with these kinds of shows, it's episode, it's usually mm-hmm. nine and ten. But the, right. the, the second to last episode of the season is when the really big dramatic turnabouts happen and then the last episode is kind of wrapping everything up and paving the way for the next season so i think you know you sort of figure the second to last game of thrones is going to be big sweeping action and then we'll spend one episode kind of resolving having said that i didn't i didn't call what was going to happen Mm -hmm. i don't think not Mm -hmm. certainly not exactly not to a t not to a t but but andres uh you've been looking at danny for a while i i have and and i did call that but i don't i think a lot of people did i don't think that's necessarily no we'll give you some points put it on the board but i did see this episode with my roommates which Mm -hmm. was an experience and something i promised i would never do so i broke (laughs) that promise um but at the same time the reason why is because of what you just said it's Mm -hmm. because i knew it was miguel because i knew it was going to be a battle episode which means a little less dialogue and a little more cinematic feelings i guess Mm -hmm. um so i I was okay with being in a group i guess um so i i did have those notions and i think that's you know what i got away from it the most gotcha yeah gotcha rachel uh, how'd you uh, as this started where were you at yeah i feel like after last week they had set the stage pretty clearly mm-hmm. i mean uh you know definitely give ace the credit and in a lot of people who saw you know the mad queen aspect um coming to fruition and it certainly did in a very extreme way you know i don't know if i thought it would go that far but it certainly seemed especially with the um, the last moments of last week's episode and uh, and Danny turning and walking away. And then what they did with the previously on this week, which was something they'd never done before with that exact yeah. shot, um, which I found like a, a very intriguing choice on the part of the creators. So I work in post-production, so I yeah. see this sort of thing happen. And in my head, and this is just my take on it, this may not necessarily be the case, but it felt to me like, they wrote the episode, they shot the episode, they edited the episode. And then somebody was like, we need to give Danny a little bit. We got to remind people a little mm-hmm. bit of the journey she's taken over the seasons to really help explain the decisions that she made here. So they did that whole like voiceover of all the different comments about flipping a coin and embracing the dragon and awakening the dragon and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, I thought it was a good thing to do. It was something that was in my head anyway. And I think a lot of fans were, but clearly they thought that mm-hmm. fans needed that reminder. It's an excellent note. And there's your perspective comes in. Your skill sets comes in right away, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, Grace and I are watching it together. We thought that was the best previously on ever. It yeah. was almost poetic and we somehow wished it was in the show. 
<laughs> like we we're just kind of because you know what got me when Eamon Targaryen. Yep. Yes. When I heard his voice, I was like, "Oh, uh, Targaryen Aemon. alone in the world is a dangerous thing." It was like, yeah. "Oh yes, okay." We've and been getting the pieces for the seven pieces seasons yeah. about yeah. what it means to be a Targaryen and the, the the little moments where she has shown the dragon and cumulatively. So I'm <laughs> I'm going to jump right to do it. Do it. Do I it. think I I bought the journey. I bought getting her to the point to which she did this pretty horrific thing. I think that the way they did it this season was a little fast-tracked, and I'm definitely Mm -hmm. one of the people that wishes we had a couple more episodes because I think it would have helped get into her head a little bit more. But in terms of the series arc for this particular character, I do think it was an earned trajectory. And are you going, and I think, I think I agree with you. I don't know. We'll bring you boys in here in a second here, but are you going back? You're going all the way back. Yes. Season one. Yeah. yeah. There, there's okay, I there's am too. inklings. I mean, yeah. look at how dispassionately she watched her brother get crowned by molten gold. Mm-hmm. We didn't think twice about it at the time because he was a heinous character. Mm-hmm. But because look, all the characters in season one, everybody's got this kind of hard view of life. It didn't seem that out of step with everybody else. Right. But I think that's what we're forgetting now is yes. that it's still this brutal, cold, medieval world. Like our faves are the ones who've been mm-hmm. left alive. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, you know, oh, Tormund and Brienne. Mm-hmm. And we love all these characters. But it's still the same harsh, unforgiving world where, yes, cities get burned down. Right. Yeah. And she's been right. through hell and back and she has yeah, like that's... shown the dragon before in the sense of I know people are arguing about, you know, uh crucifying the 163 masters mm-hmm. and you know I, I think the show even declared that was not the smartest move that that was a dangerous thing meet uh, injustice with justice was not the correct decision at the time others say well she was still doing it on the behalf of innocence and that's what they had such a hard time with understanding her motivation here Mm -hmm. but it's a small piece of the puzzle and if you keep adding the small pieces together burning the the dothraki leaders just to to take on the kalasar Mm -hmm. the um uh, and then coming over to westeros what she did to the tarleys and I get the isolation she feels, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and I get the the feeling of she, every time she turns around, she does something she thinks is supposed to help win over the Westerosi and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And she sees them laud yeah. John over her, even though if it hadn't been for her, they wouldn't have won the yep. long night battle. Right. And, she yeah. was a crucial part of that, but she didn't feel recognized for that. The Northerners and, turned and, their backs on her. Yeah, she uh, wasn't, didn't just feel, she wasn't. Right, yeah, exactly. Wasn't. I feel like that's a really crucial point that I think a lot of people, or I didn't see discussed as much today, is that she she didn't only feel betrayed by Cersei. People were mm. like, well, but she could have just flown to the Red Keep and killed Cersei. But she's coming from a situation where she would show up at these other cities mm. as soon as she arrived, and it was clear that she intended to free the slaves, they joined her. They they called mm. her Misa and carried yeah. her around on their hands. Like we, She doesn't have the perspective of most people. She's yeah. used to arriving and being embraced by these populations. And she was even told, was it Illyrio tells her yeah. and her brother in season one, exactly. as soon as the people see you arrive, they will rise up against the, the Baratheons yeah. and the been... Lannisters and embrace you. And she had an expectation of that because like you right. said, that's what happened in Slaver's Bay. It's what Bay. always happens. And so she, I really believe that on some level, she still 
thought, I'm going to fly this dragon over King's Landing. Yep. They're all going to open the gates, throw down their swords, and start cheering for me. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And that was the crucial betrayal. That was, well, then screw them. Yeah. They want to stay yeah. behind okay. Cersei's walls? Forget them then. That's I'll burn them off. their all. choice. There right. was two key scenes, Asa, we want to bring in here where I thought yeah. were, were, with Danny, where, where you know, her and John, the final kiss, like she's like, mm-hmm. come on, come on. And he, he it's not going to happen. He, he's already betrayed her. Uh, clearly not going to return uh, her love at this time. Aunt. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when she says, you know, I have fear. That's my basically saying that's the only thing I got in this country. And then later on where she's talking about mercy and whether or not she kind of already lost the plot by then. I you look at this character's perspective like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to break the wheel for future generations. But this giving, one's already by giving them the mercy me. of death now. Yeah, that was some part of her decision making. It, it, it was. And, and, and I I got to be the one to say it. But man, it. I have been off the Danny train for seasons now. And I think a lot of people yeah. have. And, and to be fair, she was my favorite character, like in season three. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love Danny, but I've been off her train for a while. And I really do feel like. Her decision making in Marine and in other seasons have been progressively getting more and more crazy, mm-hmm. more and more psychotic and more and more selfish and more and more Viserys. Mm. Every time I saw this whole season to me has been Viserys, 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 Viserys. Mm-hmm. This is him. Every line, almost every line she says to justify her actions comes straight from his mouth. Like the fact that she's quoting him is like the craziest yeah. thing to me. And, and I think back to it and I started to realize all these ideas of like, it's my right, it's my destiny, it's my, those are Viserys' words. Mm-hmm. You know, my family built this. They wronged my family. Again, yeah. coming from Viserys. So I really do feel like her brother kind of raised her in a sense. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where she's coming back to her roots of being connected to Viserys and being connected to the Targaryen uh, dynasty, which mm-hmm. in reality, I really do like what Rachel said about the beginning of the episode, because I, I, I want to stress the fact, and I, mm-hmm. I personally want to stress the fact that a lot of people forget Targaryens are notoriously crazy. Like yeah. this isn't, you know, madness. Yes. It's something that her character was pushed towards, but at the same time, mm-hmm. she's always been kind of kooky. Like she, yeah, yeah. people forget that D- Danny's always been a little crazy, it's, like a little, and I'm not saying like she's actively it's, been murdering children but yeah, at the yeah. same time i i completely bought this turn because i saw this coming and i really do feel like mm-hmm. you you uh, you know as, as someone i'm going to put it in layman terms but as someone who's lived in la you, you i know you lawn or you rachel have met people and you're like uh that guy's a little off. Like you meet people and you know they're a little. <laughs> he didn't say my name, so I yeah, know no, he feels but I'm that serious. Like me. I've yeah. gone to like you know events yeah. and stuff, and I and I meet people and I and I don't even know them, but I'm like oh, that guy's a little like, and mm. that's where Sansa was coming from because otherwise everything Sansa said and did doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The reason why she was like, I, I just don't trust. And it's like, John's like, why, what did she do? She, it's not that she did anything. It's just that I can tell she's a little crazy. I love the moment. We'll get to Varys's death, but I love the moment. Varys has that final moment. With John, of yeah. like, you know what she's about to do. And John's like, ah, well, you know, just she's the queen. Hear it. She's the queen. queen. Yeah. I, I think that one thing that, you know, game of Thrones, it doesn't, uh, in terms of like George R. R. Martin or the author or what, it doesn't really have that much to say. I don't think it's a show that's very right. big on like, well, here's the theme of this episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's themes running throughout. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think one thing that it does keep coming back to and that pretty clearly George R. R. Martin and Benioff and Weiss come back to is it's an anti-war show. It, it's about yes. war is hell. War creates 
disaster and despair. It's always bad. The people who've had the most experience with it are either sadists and psychopaths or they've grown weary of it and they wish that it would Mm -hmm. never happen again. And I think that one giveaway throughout the whole show has been that Daenerys is not that character. She's not the one who's saying we have to avoid war. We have to avoid this conflict. The worst thing that could happen would be a war. That's like the Starks. Mm -hmm. That's not Daenerys. And I think that that's where we're getting at now is there is no good noble war. The whole idea is she wants to go attack another continent. She's a conqueror. And that, even though, tells her. Yeah. and even though we've been into it for the last few seasons, that doesn't mean that it's not a terrible thing to witness. I, I will take what was stolen from me with fire and blood. I will yeah. burn cities to the ground. And I know a lot of people out there are are, are, tech, are, are going, yeah, 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 all that stuff's there. But it, it, it really does run deep. And I think it is common. I think, and, and, and I think uh, to watch her journey, uh, it is a good meaning person who gets pulled down by a lot of things. And, and I think a lot of it, you know, if, if Barristan had survived, if Jorah had survived, if this had gone wrong, if she had just gone to King's Landing or all these things along the way, I don't think she just was a bad person. I don't think, I, I, I mean, now she's done some stuff, but you know what I mean? Like it's still part of everything we love about Game of Thrones. We root almost for Cersei when she blows up the Sept of Baelor. We're almost cheering. Some people, Ace isn't because he's me. a good person. <laughs> but I know a lot of people, myself included, who are like, yeah, yeah, you go, Cersei. And... I just find it weird that now we wouldn't fill some of that for Danny, you know, like, I mean, I, I'm not defending it's, her ace. Oh, I was no, going to no. say, Kay. she's done bad, but like, it's kind of, it's like, it's all part of the same kind of theme in game of Thrones. War's yeah. bad. And how I, you get there is bad. I'll admit it. I feel for Danny. I do. I, I think you should. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and, 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 you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, on the flip side, I understand the problems people are having with it because I think in the last mm. couple of, episodes the execution wasn't it was a little bludgeoning us with it rather than the you know over the entire series it wasn't a subtle last episode was not subtle in terms of turning danny down this path and these last two seasons yes could have used i absolutely on that one or two more episodes a season yeah it just it makes sense but like Mm. in terms of i feel that while there are internal factors the Mm. fire and blood the nature of the targaryens the flipping the coin the sister to viserys her parents were brother and sister like all of that is Mm. a piece and then her own um, journey and the hell that she's lived through and, and the, the, the abuse and the, and the torture and the, you know, nearly perishing in the red waste and it mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, used by multiple characters along the way has also forged her into a harder, more mm-hmm. uh, black person who looks at things in a black and white way. But I do think there are enough external factors that are pushing her down this road too. And that's yeah. like what I was talking about before in the sense of when she came to Westro, she was not met with the, the greeting that she thought she would. Yeah. She was not met with it up north. Like the northerners, even after what she did for them in fighting the long night, still didn't turn to her in any sort of grateful way or in any way a respectful way they still wouldn't acknowledge her in that way mm. and she has not lost all of her her um advisors and jora and barristan and Missande and you know all of it adds up to her feeling so isolated also john mm. she knew 
he'd do it. She right knew that he would tell his sisters the truth and she was right about what would happen should it happen. Right. And it exactly went the way she thought. She's been listening to Tyrion's advice since they sailed across the sea. He's been wrong more often than not about how she's going to win the, the, the seven mm-hmm. kingdoms. So like she's everywhere she turns, mm-hmm. it, she's met with resistance, disrespect, people are her, her, her only allies dying. Um, and, and so it's all cumulative to mm-hmm. this point that she's sitting on Drogon, the bells ring and it's, it's, she's done. She's mm-hmm. absolutely done in that moment. And I think that there's yeah. just, there's no one factor here. There's yeah, so many things. I really, I really liked the symbolism. It's not clear if she could see this happening, so mm-hmm. I don't want to go there, but yeah. that it's the, they're laying down their swords to John. It's once yeah. again, yeah, that's true. John getting the moment that she really wanted yeah. of their, their bowing to him and respecting yeah. him instead of her, even though she's the one that made it happen. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I listen, I agree with everyone else mm. it feels rushed this season yeah, it sure. feels like and and i'll tell you specifically there's one thing i was thinking this episode specifically if we had had the usual episode or two between the battle of winterfell where those characters have to now travel to king's landing mm-hmm. that would have been your perfect opportunity for john and Varys to have these discussions for John Varys, Tyrion, Davos, those characters could be talking about Danny's state of mind. She's not eating. We're really right. worried it, 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 in a more organic way. So sure. that we feel like those conversations are ongoing for a week or two yeah, until yeah. you get to Dragonstone. But this way, the way they're doing it, we're just, we're suddenly at Dragonstone. Varys is mid plotting against her when the episode opens yeah. and we're sort of joining all this in media res. And sure. I think, not necessarily the best way to do it. It makes it feel forced when they really have been laying the groundwork all along. Yeah. yeah. I, I really do feel like I think we're all in agreement that I, I personally feel like almost every one of these issues that people have would be solved if we just had four more episodes yeah. in between, or if we Heck, had two, two more, more two, two more last yeah. season or, or two more this season, that is the, is the biggest issue to me. And we can get into the, the logistics of, cause I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine talking about like, why, why would they do six if they clearly need more time yeah. to kind of prove a point as far as justifying her turning heel Mm. Um, I, I do feel like that's one of the biggest but issues. But it's not even just for Danny. There's all sorts yep. of stories that would 100%. benefit because Arya and it the Hound rushed. too were traveling from Winterfell, mm. and imagine how great those scenes yeah. would have been to play mm. out. And like, it, it does feel like that's when they used to do a lot of their best world building right, was right. on those trips in between the castles when you're sending mm. like Jamie and Brienne have to go on a little trip together, and like those are their your real opportunities mm. to get these characters in the mix and mm. talking to one another. And they were just totally robbed of that this season because you have to just sort of port everybody to the next you're doing outpost. It in, you're doing it in one scene that's uh, yeah. I thought of the right and uh, i mean i think they're doing a a, a good job of yeah. compressing it to feel still like game of thrones and to get where they need to go but it does you can't it, help but feel it right. feels here's why i uh, understand that sentiment is this is when i watch uh, you know a lot of movies uh and two characters have to fall in love and four scenes you know what i mean sure. where that, we know that takes a while but you got you got two hours you got to get through it we get it they, they fall gotta in love. meet cute they, they gotta, gotta yeah <laughs> and and i i look at some of that happening this season for sure. me where, yeah. where the, it's var- like, yeah, we're the various here. thing it would have been great because it i also have to say mm. i'm willing to forgive but yeah 
Varys waiting on a beach for John to get. It's not very Varysy. Like mm-hmm. he's a subtle guy. He yeah. you don't do it in front where everybody can see. Like, hey, what do you think about treason? You want to do a little treason? <laughs> you and me? What do you think you and me a little treason later? Like that's not Varys. He would send yeah. a girl yeah. around a corner to talk to another girl to talk to him. But you know, like sure. it would be sure, an sure. elaborate thing. And it's what he does. So yeah, stuff like that. I think they just they're they're in this pickle where they just have to do it quickly. Yeah, Tyrion has to find out that uh, Varys is plotting against Daenerys. Look, so and, and therein lies why I think it's okay in a respectful mm. way for a lot of the reactions, you know, people are feeling like, again, I don't know mm. what the better word for it is, but that the characters are betraying their natures by doing things like that. People yes. have been saying that about Tyrion for a couple of seasons now, you know, because characters are now doing things for plot rather than for character building and continuing their arcs. And it probably would get there if you could give it a little more time to get there and have Mm -hmm. those in-between points. But, I mean, it's arguing in a circle. They, for whatever reasons, did not have the extra episodes to do it in. So, like Lon said, they're backed into a point where they're like, this plot point has to happen in order for the dominoes to continue to fall in this way. And And I'll tell you what, that's one of the great, uh, I was talking to someone today via text, like uh, the the great behind the scenes stories uh, I don't know if we'll ever get of, uh, you know, you hear, I heard HBO said, oh, we'll give you 10. They wanted six. And and did they feel, was it budget? Was it, uh, it was just too much. If you watch behind the scenes stuff on you know, they're shooting this episode for seven months, uh, you know, in between, while they're doing a long night, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I just wonder, I go to this example, and I wish I could cite the story. I don't know it, so I don't want to be like uh, Ian McElhinney on a um, mm-hmm. Russian Comic-Con panel saying things about George R. R. Martin that George is saying isn't true now. Um, but Natalie Dormer asked off the show a while before her death mm-hmm. and was like, I want out. Like, I, I, I want out, and I got other things to do. And I sometimes wonder if they you were know, just like, uh, we want out. Conleth Hall, yeah, yeah. Uh, who plays Varys, yeah. he, Hill, he gave yeah. Hill, Hill, yeah. He gave, a, he gave an interview that I was reading just yeah. the other day where he was talking about how, you know, like he didn't love everything about how Varys worked out, but he thinks it and he loved mm. doing that last scene was what they right, were right, talking right. about. Uh, but then, yeah, that's exactly what he was saying. He was saying, like, I think we all for the story recognize that we could have done 12 seasons, but it's a hit show and these are all working mm. actors and they all have to go take other jobs. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it, but I, I really do want to say, I don't think this is a season thing. And I think we all agree. This is an episode thing. Six still feels like too little. Give it eight, give it mm. 10. Don't make it uh, eight seasons to me. Perfect. Eight seasons. Season wise. Yeah, yeah. Seasons wise. This is perfect. And I feel like, just doing those two more episodes or those three more or four more would really help the story feel a little bit more natural and a little less rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to go back to Danny's turn though, because I, yeah. I, I uh, you know, hearing the arguments from my friends, I would, I would be remiss to not bring them up. Sure. But, but the, the idea of Danny breaking her code, it's not her going after her enemies. It's go her going after it's the, the innocence, the innocence. Question, and, yeah. and, and I, and my friend kept saying that to me and I was like, but dude, how many times and how many stories have we read of people breaking their coat? That's the point of the turn. It's not yeah. like, well, she didn't kill little children before. Why would they show her little kill? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. The arguments that I keep hearing as far as like, it's, why didn't they show her kill little kids? before? That's yeah. not the point. The point is she's pushed to the point yeah. that yeah. now she will kill little kids. It, it's the idea of how many stories I told my friend, the killing joke. Have you read the killing joke? It's about Batman promising to never kill anyone and being pushed to a point 
you know, situation wise, when he loses certain people and he sees certain atrocities that he will kill or the dark Knight. people love that movie, but it's about Harvey Dent being the white knight, being the one who's so ethical and so moral. And yet he's the villain of the story because the Joker pushed enough dominoes in the way where, as I quoted last week, gravity, madness is a push. That's all you need. So I I do feel like it was warranted and I 100% believed it. I believe that Danny would do that. It goes back to this moment for me, go back to season one of Miriam man's duel where she burns her. We're all rooting for her. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Because she she killed, but we we didn't hold it against her in those moments because Miri killed Cal Drogo. How Mm -hmm. dare she? Yeah. As Miriam Asdol said, also, they've been raping me for a long time before also, you got here. It yeah. was earlier in the show, and I think we were just less emotionally. And oh, it was sure, more sure, like, sure. oh, what a badass blonde lady. It <laughs> wasn't, we didn't know her yet. That's and there exactly was, what Lon said when and I there met wasn't, him. Yeah, there wasn't oh, totally. that connection. To- totally. That's what I love of the journey of the show and where it takes us and where it takes these characters. Why sometimes I say... It's the story, and sometimes your your reaction. Not necessarily here at in with this table. Sometimes your actions, your feeling, are because that's what the story needs you to feel. I want to bring one one more point up as well. Is the I I also heard from another friend of mine who's a Danny fan, Mm. and I also kind of had to take a step back as someone who isn't a Danny fan that I also understand their perspective because they feel like you betrayed my favorite character. This is not someone who would do that because she has said it at multiple occasions that she would never do something like this. Mm. You're betraying the character of Danny because I'm a fan of that character. And and I kind of had a back and forth of, of thinking about your favorite characters and how you feel a connection towards them really does paint how you view the whole of the arc in the story. 100%. I gave you the example last week off camera, off uh, not recording, but I told you last week, I kind of felt that way about Thor and Endgame. And I was one of the few people because all my friends who love that Thor storyline weren't really fans of Thor. Like I asked him, like, were you big fans of Thor? Not really. Cap is my favorite. And that's why I was like, yes, you don't get it because I love Thor and he's my favorite. And right. you gave Cap all the cool stuff <laughs> but that's right, just right. my perspective I, I thought thor was yeah. really cool no i see i didn't see but that that's one of those things where where different I, I i get the perspective i don't feel betrayed sure. by that and i told you afterwards i was like i'm thor is still my favorite and he's still a badass but certain things like that really paints a picture if i love danny so much and i feel like she represents something bigger to me I understand why people feel betrayed. Especially because you were set up to believe strong female character leader who wants to break the wheel, who does want to stand up for the innocent and wants to come over to Westeros to set things right. It's a noble goal, but it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, you alluded to it with the dark Knight. I mean, it's, it's the quote, right? You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, she almost literally embodies that in a very, you know, believable way, but I know exactly what you're talking about because the second we start talking about Jamie, I'm going to become that person because I've (laughs) very, had a very visceral dislike of what they did with his character because I love that character because I love the journey and had Mm. such hope that it was going to end in a certain way. And when it didn't, I've had to do a lot of self-examination to find out like if it's mostly my personal things that I'm bringing to this, or if it's, I really do believe that they set the character up for one way. And then this, this, this swerve wasn't, it Mm. it did. It's just didn't, I didn't buy it, but is that because of me or is that because I do think that they failed a little bit in the development to get to that swerve Mm -hmm. again, two more episodes might've gotten me there, but right now 
you know, so, so I get that personal character. It really feeling. is. <laughs> I feel like a lot of this has to do with that. It really has to do with your connection. Cause again, as someone who doesn't care for Danny, I saw this coming and I was like, this totally makes sense You're to like, me. Yep. Yep. Get her. I was like, I told you guys, <laughs> Sansa told you guys so many people told yes. you guys. before we go full board. Yeah. Jamie Cersei. <laughs> can I just say the one issue? And when I was watching the show, I said this to you before the show, uh, when I was watching the one thing I thought the internet was going to hate, right. That I thought was going to be everybody's target. Cause I, I loved the episode for the most part was Euron mm-hmm. and oh, Jamie. You have no idea. I was sitting <laughs> I on the that. couch and when Jamie was walking on the rocks and then you hear Euron, I, I said out loud, no effing way. Like yeah. that is so convenient. It's ridiculous. Well, it's a few things. <laughs> one, I, I don't, like, in, in one of these moments of, is this character acting in a way that's out of character because we want them to, mm-hmm. I don't believe Euron is like, I'm going to go kill Jamie Lannister. I believe he's going to be like, which one of these ships is still sailable? I'm going to go I'm back to the Iron Islands. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Yara will kill him. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, or go somewhere. Just, he's a pirate. Just yeah. take off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't believe he's going back to shore at all there. I don't believe that he's like, I'm going to, one-on-one attack Jamie Lannister for no reason. But the, the bigger problem I have isn't just that it's not realistic. It's that I don't care about these two characters <laughs> together. Like mm. they don't really have a backstory to me. I mean, they've been in the same room a few times. Right. Obviously they're sort of competing over competing Cersei. Over Cersei yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got that, like they one woman, it's a love triangle, but they've never, yeah. the Cersei show didn't love him anyways. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the there. show has not invested me in, Jamie giving a shit about Euron, Euron giving a shit about Jamie mm. to force this in this episode of this crucial moment to be like, now you've got to watch Euron and Jamie sword fight. <laughs> mm. Just it, ridiculous. It, Why it, was that in there? It was so dumb. It was the dumbest part. <laughs> Why of this not episode? just have him burn up in the dragon yeah, fire? It, it, it would have been very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. it would have been great. I hundred I, percent I, I agree. And I think we all agree that that's probably the dumbest part of the episode for me. It was, yeah, yeah it wasn't. Uh, Euron's been a trouble for, that's one of the ones where I like uh, Euron Victorin in in the books better. Uh, I think the show gets things better. I saw some interviews where George R. R. Martin's talk, talking about things. The show got a lot better than what he thought the books were. Uh, um, yeah, can, that's can, not one. Can of I them. also mention that just because I've been yeah. on Twitter all day, as I've said, the idea that I saw one tweet and I, I saw many, but I saw one tweet specifically that was like, "Oh, I'm so I can't wait to George R. R. Martin just completely changes everything." I'm pretty sure this is coming from him. Can we all agree uh, the, on that? The, the big point? Yeah, 100%. The big point. That the big she, point. That she Danny, goes mad. Queen. I, I, I think George literally says, yeah. Danny burns down King's Landing. Yep, yeah. I agree. I think this is George. This it's, isn't... It's been... Like, the, all the writers. George is going to change it. No, he's not. No. This is coming I, from George. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that's always been part of the Yeah, point. 100%. And also, by the way, um, he hasn't finished his story. Yeah. And and Dan and Dave have to do something pretty impossible. Finish I, his story I for him because so, it's taking too long. I, I didn't I didn't mind the, the Jamie Cersei thing. I mean I, I like I lo- the I, fact Sorry aside, Rachel, I loved it. Sorry Rachel, from, I loved it. Aside from the Jamie of it. Aside from the Jamie of it. Just talking yeah. about Cersei's Cersei sort of, of fall, last stand, whatever. I really liked that it was she blew up the Sept of Baylor mm-hmm. and then her death is a, a 
the red keep yeah, collapsing yeah. in on her. I they thought are, that was a nice. Uh, yeah, I've had enough conversations. And again, thank you to all the people that had cordial conversations with me about this. Um, the thematic, the thematic through lines and the the twists and and you know her being you know uh, killed by the thing that she thought was going to most keep her safe and him you know the things I do for love going back to her uh, mm. how I want to die in the arms of the woman that I love like I get the callbacks I get yeah, the yeah. logic I just don't think the show got us there especially when one episode ago you did a thing that I didn't actually really want you got Brienne and Jamie together and mm. then you split them apart in the same episode just to him have him pivot back to Cersei that's just too much whiplash for me yeah it I, doesn't track I for me. I need more time. I needed to see more time with Brienne and I needed to see the turn back to Cersei and not just be because somebody makes a comment about uh, the other dragon dying and Cersei being besieged in the city. And all of a sudden he's like, nope, going back to Cersei. Like that to me is, it's not anywhere near enough for me to buy that Jamie was actually returning to her out of love, out of, going back to the one that's meant the most to him this entire time. That's true. But you had this whole arc of him becoming a better person and going up north and fighting the dead and saw everything that he saw and got together with Brienne because of that, only to turn back. The turned back mm-hmm. was, I just didn't buy it within the way the show presented it to me. Having said that and having had many conversations today <laughs> about it, I do get what they were going for in the the you know the the bowels of, mm-hmm. of Mager's a whole fast and and the way that they went out and the way they went out together. I will, however, disagree fairly strongly that the show did not give Cersei enough to do this season. That mm-hmm. yes, it's all sort of downhill from the the um, the sept scene mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. seasons ago, but they had set this character to be up to be a proactive character. And she had all of like three lines in this episode and she just stood there and stared like the, the, she's a woman that would have contingencies. She's a woman that would not creep down to the lowest level. She'd stand up on the highest pinnacle and stare that dragon down until it breathes. Like I just well, wanted her to go out I, in a way that here's, here's my counter Here's my counter to that. I have always thought she's not as smart as she thinks she is. And that she's, I, that's true in the books, but yeah. I don't think the show has I, borne that out. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe. So I, 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 I thought about that too. It was like, she's just standing up there, but she's a, a, a fraud in a way to me. And, and that's why I really also what she, that t- t- she keeps getting choices to do the right thing. And she keeps, including the Masande moment is oh, yeah. Tyrion's telling her, please choose peace. And she choose violence. So I, 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 I so own I, it. I, yeah, yeah, I own it, but I think she breaks. I think she just breaks. She broke. I think crack. So mm-hmm. I, as, as a fan of Lita Hetty, I wanted more. Sure. I don't think you're wrong there. Uh, she doesn't do much in this season at all, yeah. Yeah. but I think what she, to me, I, I, I liked that. I can add that wrinkle. I, I think maybe it might have been if she actually was pregnant, which I think we all agree she I wish was. She, I think I, um, I think the show clearly stated that. But I again, think that's it's, what it why was. didn't the show clearly weeks slash months have passed? Have her showing. Oh yeah, from give, last season. Give, yeah, 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 give us something that like there was so much debate as to whether or not she was pregnant last mm-hmm. season. Is it conspiracy? Is it not? Like, which was fun. It was a part of it. Yeah, but if yeah. this moment, her end, is predicated on I don't want to die and I don't want my child to die. Like, 
just give it to us. She is absolutely give pregnant. Me, Show give it. Her the big baby. Like a, a, a little bit. Hannah and, and Murray again, up in the, the timing of it all, yeah, she yeah. would be showing at this yeah, point. Yeah. And like sure. maybe the, maybe the, a visual cue would have helped in some way. Maybe for that in for Westeros, me. maybe take 13 <laughs> months instead of nine. No, look, I, yeah. and I'm going to be clear. I'm not taking away your, your thoughts on that. Oh, thing. no. I, just, no I, I know that. I had a, and, and as far as Jamie, it, it goes back to it's personal, personal, right? I got a lot of things in my past where I've I've been in bed at one in the morning with a person going, I got to get out of here. And so I, I loved, I love what they did to Jamie, but here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. This is not the ending that I wanted. Okay. This is not the ending that I wanted, but after I've thought about it, talked about it with Joseph Scripture this morning off air, mm-hmm. much like Luke Skywalker's death in episode eight, I can't imagine this any other way. And, and that is, uh, and, and that's, that's what I love about taking time to process it. Of course. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, cause my, I thought it was, uh, here's what oh, I, I was much worse last night. Yeah. You should have heard me. Yeah. Last this, night is why this. We, this is why, <laughs> but this is why we take the time. I, yeah, think, I, I, I had, I had one friend text me, Hey, Ken, I don't think I like it. And I was like, that's number one. Fine. Yeah. Two. You don't have to have that opinion yet. <laughs> yeah. And, and in our line of work, we seem to do. Uh, but my thought was, what did, what did I want to happen? And I kind of wanted Jamie to kill her. Yes. I kept thinking he's going to learn to kill her and he might kill her in the books. Mm-hmm. Valencar prophecy is not here in the show. Mm-hmm. And true. I thought, did I want to see Nicolo, Nicolai Walder, what to, I've 12, eight years. I've never learned his Nicolai name. The good Dane. Did I want to see him choke and lean ahead? Did I want to see him murder her? And I said, I didn't. And so I like, I thought I did, but I like this. Better. I still kind of thought it was going to happen in, in a weird, like merciful kind of sense where she's like, I, I, I honestly, uh, right down to the end like, of it, I thought that might be how it was going like, to go. I'll kill too. you because I don't want you to die by fire kind of thing. Mm, but interesting. it didn't happen. But you know, it's funny because Jamie, it was also my last favorite character. He was. And I thought I was going to hate that. And I was really kind of hating it, but I don't know. There's something about it that kind of felt weird, oddly morbidly poetic about the whole oh, yeah. situation. They, they, went, they, they made sure that the connection, the connected yeah. pieces, her world crumbling around yes. yeah. and even Literally. backing all the way up to the Tyrion and Jamie moment, which is a very a strong moment mm-hmm. in the, in the series. Like the, there's a certain amount of like, really <laughs> of, yeah. uh, of it all. And Jamie letting himself get caught. At least he acknowledged Cersei always called me the stupidest Lannister yeah. Yeah. and, and, and Tyrion so easily dismissing the guards and Davos smuggling. And I'm like, man, the plotting, but the scene itself is so rich because of the flip. Jamie is the one who freed Tyrion last time and Tyrion frees Mm -hmm. him this time. And you have that brotherly moment. And if you didn't think Jamie was going to die before that moment, you knew he was going to die after Mm -hmm. that goodbye. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, tears. Absolute (laughs) tears for (laughs) me. Um, yeah. Well, what I love to Rachel, what I love and I want to make sure like, uh, you're, 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 this is the good discussion parts of it. You yeah. Know? This is the thing where I talk about if I hand you an orange <laughs> and you don't like oranges, uh, it's fine. If I hand you an orange and you go bananas suck, that's where I start having like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't watch it. <laughs> no, you're getting I'm, it there. I'm never going to tell it, you guys that like yeah. you, you're not entitled to your opinions. And I, like I said, I even but you, see it. You're I can, really, yeah, you see it, but, but, it but almost I still seems, viscerally sure. wish that's almost, not how it gone down. Almost to me, it's almost like you're hurt by Jamie. Ooh. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. He, like he that, hurt you. He did. He, like that character, because the, the show has really, in the books, and it's one of the reasons I love it, goes really far, it delves really far into the question of can people change? Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of the times, and the answer is usually no. 
I mean, it that's usually what is in life. It is too. Put donuts and in front of me, and I'll t- take it. Every <laughs> look time. at the Clegane brothers. Exactly, yeah. and in the moment with Arya, and it's the moment Arya. of like. Sandor can't change. He's too far gone down the path of vengeance. Arya's at a tipping point, and so that's why I bought that moment. Yeah. And different people are at different tipping points and at different places to make a serious change as to who they are or to revert back. Um, and I know David and Dan had this whole like interview where they basically said like Cersei is Jamie's drug, and like mm-hmm. he can't he can't fully step away. He was ultimately too far gone, not too far gone to you know, mm-hmm. at least make a serious attempt. And I guess I just thought he made too serious of an attempt and mm-hmm. I thought he'd made it. He'd gone there. Right. He well, had made the change. My final point on this too, and I keep coming back. I think you've, you've shared a very vulnerable opinion, Rachel. I, I love that you have met, you are hurt by Jamie, <laughs> but that does, to me, that's a testament to the power of the show. And I'm not hearing you go, well, I'm not watching that next, next week. And I think that's an important <laughs> thing for people yeah. to hear. I'm way too invested yeah. to, to, <laughs> to be good. that person like yeah. and, and i even I, I did say i did use the word hate on twitter and there's i know that is the personal side of it i still sure. will argue that i don't think the writing got us there sure but that's again an opinion yeah, yeah. and and i'm not throwing my hands up and going dan and david are the devils and they betrayed <laughs> me and they're they they, they mm-hmm. were out to get the fa- like the this the lengths to which people's hate yeah. of this stuff goes is far. like this even all of this does not negate all of the amazing that the show has given us yeah. up until. But that's this that's point what I wanted too. to highlight. No, yeah. I know, I know, and I'm not even saying I I, I, uh, I don't under the, the speed of some of the stuff too. But mm-hmm. I think that's powerful. This person, this character, has hurt me, <laughs> and the, you the show is in your soul that much in the story as well. Here, okay, I just want to take a step back just because I haven't gotten the opportunity to say this, and, and I think mm-hmm. we just all jumped to Danny's turn. You know, with rightful yeah, reasons, it's the headlines. But but the, I saw this episode, and I can't lie. I loved this episode. I thought yeah. it was beautiful. And I know that word is, is something I'm going to use a lot, but it was beautiful. It was a Jesus. beautiful episode of just pure hell, yeah. like actual hell and what it would feel like to be stuck inside this world where you have no escape and there's a demon flying over you and burning you alive. And the, and the idea of, of Miguel, who I, I gave him so much credit for the long night, I give him so much credit even now because he directed one of the most beautiful episodes of television I have ever seen. One of the most beautiful televisions episodes, you know, with the long night and battle of the bastards, all of these, he just, you know, home runs every single time. And, and it's absolutely the wonders, the, the POV of Aria running around the mm-hmm. city, amazing the, choice. the family, the, uh, well, never episode, seen it through, from Danny's perspective, never seen, seen it from Danny's perspective. You know, and that's an interesting debate too, because I know a lot of people took issue with the last close up you have of her is basically the decision to burn yeah. the city. And yeah. then you you only ever see wide shots of her on Drogon, you know, just, just wreaking havoc havoc mm. um and that's that was a choice mm-hmm. and you know agree with it disagree with it their choice was not to to live in that decision on her part but to live in the consequences of that yeah. and the people on the ground and yeah. you're right that is i mean on mm. a on a pure visual visceral level that harkens to what uh, Lon mentioned earlier in the fact that the show has always been about anti-war and that when you get uh, down to it, it's not about good guys and bad guys. And th- you know, this battle had a more, um, had a harder emotional core to it than the long night did because it's humans versus zombies. So that that's yeah, clear yeah. cut this all of a sudden 
on every side. You just want the carnage to stop. You just want war, the bloodlust of war to... to, to, It's pure hell. Absolutely. So that's the point. And it's the little people that suffer. We're back to where Varys took us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these people on high, Danny is literally above them all, not really understanding what this means. And and it's it's one of those things, too, where it comes from horror and horror fiction. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've developed a taste for. I know a lot of people you know, that I know and friends of mine are fans of horror and the horror genre has always been kind of confusing to me. It's finding the, the odd delight in the suffering of innocence, right? Because that's what horror is. And that's, I had a friend really break it down for me where he says, you know, if you see an evil person suffer, that's not a horror movie. Mm -hmm. You have to see the innocence, the Mm -hmm. innocent people suffer. And, and, and there's an artistic value to showing a true horror movie. And personally, you know, the past few movies, these past few years, my favorites have been horror movies, whether it's hereditary, whether it's get mm. out, but the idea of seeing people suffer who don't deserve that suffering mm-hmm. and seeing that perspective in a cinematic level. This to me was a beautiful horror movie because it does show you like, Oh my God, this is horrifying mm-hmm. because it is mothers and children's who are dying yeah, in the streets. It's a bombing in a town. Long. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have been watching Chernobyl episode two is on mm-hmm. tonight. I have not. It's my, HBO's new Monday night show. Yeah. My grandmother's sister uh, lived in Chernobyl. So I'm here during, wow. during it. So I'm curious. Uh, the pilot out. is horrifying because it's mm-hmm. the actual yeah. accident. And, right. and there's this constant awareness, the way they shoot it and the way they did the sound, especially that even though you can't see it, that everything is covered in radiation and all these characters are walking down these like ruined hallways and you're just that claustrophobic, that feeling of the air is poisoned. And I was thinking about that during the dragon scenes as well. It's Mm. got that same intensity and that same, there's nowhere to run. There's no escape. Everything around you is on fire or is horror. And uh, yeah, I thought the episode really captured that amazingly. And I think that was very much why you don't see Danny, she's become, Mm -hmm. she's become a weapon. She's like, that's, that's the medieval fantasy equivalent of dropping a nuke on a city. So I think that that's why you don't see, she's become a force of just like I used to say, the, the night King was like a force of nature, a disembodied force of destruction. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Daenerys becomes in the story in those moments. And to me, it was chilling seeing the, the vision of the dragon flying over King's land. Yeah. I was waiting for that. (laughs) See before this brand brand is like, I saw a vision guys. And I tell you about it. Brand never thought to be like, (laughs) she's going to fly the dragon (laughs) and burn all of King's land. You guys, he's living in the past. John, just letting you, no, maybe uh, talk to her about your, your this? girlfriend. Kind of, uh, she's gonna kill people. Maybe. But I love what what D and D said after the episode in the mm. inside the episode where they said we wanted a Virgil perspective mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. Dante's Inferno, and I was like, man, that's so good because it really is the idea of hell. And I know yeah. it's something that's been explored in so many movies and fiction and the Bible itself. Or the Book of Revelations is essentially yeah. what this episode was. That to yeah. me, I was foul beast did yeah. come from the sea. I mean, well, we talk about Arya too, Satan. yeah, because that like, ties that ties into Re- Revelation. Yeah. Oh, of course, the, like the this, pale horse. this whole yeah. thing was 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 biblical in a sense of just seeing the idea of hell mm. on earth. And I think that's what I even turned to my roommates, and, and you know, as soon as the carnage started, um, she started off by burning the Lannister soldiers, and I immediately was like, oh, they better show 
you know, innocents getting burned and not just Lannister soldiers. And they did eventually, but my roommates were like, Oh, that's morbid. Why would you say that? But I said it because, (laughs) and they were like, dude, you're dark. And I was like, I know. But for me, it's like, you, you have to see that's the realism. Exactly. Like that's That's what the show's kind of always promised. You can't shy away from, from well, Danny just burned the Lannisters. No, she didn't. She Mm. burned little kids. And it's not even just that Mm. it's, that's a signal to Grey Worm and to the other soldiers. And that was the horror of war that I thought, was the hardest thing to watch but also yeah. a very realistic thing to watch soldiers is the soldier bloodlust and our good guys and are killing North women Man. and children and trying to rape like it's j- yeah. it's the absolute bottom line horror of war and it's both sides it's everybody yeah. it's absolute carnage and yeah. that's that's why nobody wins in war it, it, because it, that's what happens it's tied to the the, the the Brianne and Jamie coming on the uh, the women uh, being you know hung in the tree in season mm-hmm. three and it's the, the Starkmen that did it. Well, yeah. One thing that, that stood out to me was the Northmen jumping in, yep. not yeah. just the Unsullied and the Dothraki, yeah. who are very keen on blood, let's just say that, yeah. but the Northmen were like, oh, who cares about Jon Snow? Let's kill some people. Yeah, yeah, and I liked that. That, that was a powerful moment. I like that the, what's left of the Dothraki, by the way, we finally, somewhere Robert Baratheon's like, I told you yeah. uh, the Dothraki are doing their thing. But this is what they do. Yeah, it's what they do. And it's also their queen. It's their queen. Yeah. So I like and it. Same with Grey Worm. Grey- I was going to say in the Unsullied too, the Unsullied. are trained from birth to be dispassionate fighters. And yes. Grey Worm found a way to to be more human thanks to Danny and thanks to Missandei. Missandei brutally murdered. Grey Worms reverted back to, yeah. but it's also with a taste of vengeance and vengeance and the revenge vengeance, yeah. is all over this episode. And I told, I told yeah. my, I turned to my roommates and I said, the, the freaking Unsullied kill babies in front of their moms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what they do. 100%. This is nothing that's like, oh my God, it's so jarring. Like, no, the Unsullied are like, oh, this is right. breakfast. One of my favorite freaking book, breakfast, book man. to show changes is that in the book they, they raise and kill dogs. Yeah. And now the, they were like, well, that's too brutal. Let's have them kill babies. Um, yeah, but that's the idea. It's the fact that <laughs> yeah, Grey Worm, yeah, no, to me, well, I was like, hell yeah, yeah. he's bloodlust right now. Yeah. I think it's it's something about, you know, the show, it, it's gone on for so long. We've gotten to know these characters. And we have, we've softened a lot of these things in our mind because they're our favorites. Like, yeah, right. yeah. the people that died were the brutal, horrible ones. The yeah. people that are alive <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and stayed with us all this time, they're the ones we like. Yep. But it's like, no, no, they're all still of this world. Sure, they're yep. all, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, the, the Grey Worm thing, you mentioned it. Yeah, because uh, he's my favorite. He's your favorite. <laughs> I because I, I, I rewatched the episode. Uh, I've only seen it two times, but I did watch the the game, the episode revealed, which is the eighteen minute little mini doc, which is fascinating. Yeah, Grey Worm in that moment, I took it as one. I better get the first shot in uh, because I know it's about to happen. But then I, you know, you see some of the choices they made, and even talking to uh, Jacob Anderson, he's like, you know, they say. Grey Worm kind of becomes an angel of death here. And I think there is some justification for him. 100%. Because of, especially this season and everything, you know, this, no one here is accepting him. They win, he still might have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think him kind of like, screw all this. The people of Westeros have given him and Danny no reason really to show them mercy. The choices that they've made, the way that they've acted. And I mean, it's it's a brutal way to look at it, but at the same time, he's a soldier through and through as well. Yeah, and this is what he was born to do yeah. raised to do to, to me Which, as yeah. being a fan of gray warren and i was yeah. like oh crap this is what they're and immediately I, I reverted back and i said no this makes total sense to by me. the way he's, 
He's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. Good one, Ken. Because uh, I, I don't Harry think he's going to make next episode. <laughs> Harry Strickland. My I, favorite named oh, Game of Thrones character. R.I.P. Harry, Harry, Harry Strickland. Strickland. Oh, I like I, Harry Strickland. I, 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 just, I just wish the Golden Company had put up a better no, show. Sure. I disagree with that because everyone keeps saying that. But I told my, my roommates again, they're sell swords. At what point do you say, you know what? Screw the money. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think they're the, the actor, uh, I forget his name, it was Homeless Harry Strickland. I thought he was great. I thought he was great in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, running away from I, the board. I also go back to last season and I go back to several times where Cersei's been told you cannot win. No. Jamie told her you cannot win. And I liked that it was an easy victory at that time. Uh, well, I loved the use of Drogon in this. I know some yeah. people are like, Oh, all, all of a sudden learn to fight. No. I'm like, Nope. That's no. what a dragon, yeah. when you correctly use a dragon, that's how you use a yes. dragon. And a dragon is, you think yeah. back to the conqueror and like what Aegon did mm-hmm. in Balerion. And like, there isn't a defense. You can build as many of those scorpions as yep. you want, but if she knows they're there it's and where they are and how to use them, creature of th- death, that would absolutely <laughs> cause the destruction. Yes, I, um, I love it. It's like, it's like, a, uh, I'll make a sports reference here for, for our sports fans. Like, uh, you know, Ray Gall, rest in peace. Uh, you know, that's a pitcher getting you out in the first inning and then you come back in the third inning and you know how to hit them. Yeah, not and, just that, and, but uh, another sports reference for me is it, like freaking game six of Steph Curry. Zero points in the first quarter. Oh, where was Steph Curry? He sucks. 33, 33 points 33 in, the, in the second half. That's what happens when you're motivated and, and when you want to prove like, oh no, I'm the best. Yeah. You can do that. And, and I, <laughs> though I understand the intent of the articles and I think it's all fun. I've had some articles sent to me of a military strategist gives his thoughts on until you fight a dragon, I don't want to see your interview and take on it. Uh, Okay. Well, there's a lot to get to including what I think is the soul of not just the episode, but the show. Uh, But we are going to take a quick break here on Casterly Talk and come back so that we can get some more water. All right. We'll see you in a bit. Welcome back to hour seven of Casterly Talk. <laughs> We're here breaking down the it's bells, the bells, the bells, ring the bells. By the way, I love that. Mo. I love when Tyrion is staring at the bells and is like, it's please. Drawn out. Oh, sorry, sorry. Say it again. <laughs> I cut you off. It's okay. It's a perfectly, okay. I'll yeah. say this again because I said it at the beginning. As an editor, yeah. such a good episode because of the way they were intercutting certain storylines as well. Mm-hmm. The Jamie Euron fight for, you know, mm-hmm. a, as unnecessary as it was, it was intercut with Cersei on the balcony. And so there's connections being made. The Hound, which we're going to talk about with Clay Gamble's intercut with Arya trying to get through the streets. And it's just so beautifully and thematically done. I just... Uh, yeah. Oh, and, and the back-to-back wonners. Because well, there was yes. a wonner, wonner, wonner cut... Yeah. To another shot yeah. and then mm-hmm. one or one or one or cut well, to one or one or and I was like, Whoa That was the interesting yeah. note in, in, in the behind the episode one or inside the episode where they were Sebastian wanted to do the Aria thing as one like twelve minute one long shot. shot. Yeah. And then the edit in editing they realized no, it's gonna work better by going back and forth. And yeah. I, yeah. I thought it, it did. But it was like multiple oneers, like back yeah. to back to oh, back. Yeah, absolutely. So still logistically speaking, is it's insane. So hard what to do. They, it's it's, it's so hard. As someone who's done worked on oneers, they're yeah. crazy. Yeah, and as uh, <laughs> Rachel 
was edited. I don't know how you do that. Uh, I can't even do iMovie. I throw my computer. Uh, all right, we got to talk about some very important things here in the second half of the show. Uh, first, uh, we're going to have 10 minutes of silence for Kyburn. Kyburn! Oh. RIP! No, my boy. Anton Lesser comes in with this role and just owns every line of dialogue he says. I know we're all kind of, I think, in general fans of this character. Oh, I love Kyburn. Ace and I might have a unnatural obsession with oh, Kyburn. I love him, yeah. I'm I'm considering the two of you are the ones that are ooing and aahing and Lon and I are both here. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. <laughs> I, I do feel bad for uh, the people of Westeros because their scientific revolution is delayed by yeah. several generations. The loss of this mind prematurely. Who knows what he was going to uh, continue to contribute. Yeah, I love Very that. Kyburn is, is just, like Rachel said, he's so loyal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that he's was also such an so logical, and, and he really is a man of science and a man of mm-hmm. reason who, who, who created wanted, a zombie. Yeah, who wanted an opportunity to, to mm-hmm. have that expansion of of experimentation and of pushing boundaries and i know that sounds all very good but obviously he was you know a little crazy but yeah, i love Kyber. speaking i, of I just think characters, i yeah. just think he's so cool yeah i i agree with that so rest and rest in peace Kyburn. but i want to i want to get into the big uh, conversation two points here uh i want to start with the aria aria and the hound this is what i was teasing i i really do believe in it and i you know i, I can be uh over dramatic and full of uh, uh hyperbole or hyperbole as brian regan would say um I think the scene in which Arya and the Hound are going to kill their respective targets and, and the Hound basically says, do you want to be like me? Get out of here. She says, I literally think that's part Perfect. of the soul of the series. Perfect. I think it is the series saying this. You you cheered when Miriam Asdul burned. You cheered when Cersei, not Ace, uh, when Cersei took down the Sept. You cheered all the stuff. What are you becoming? Go, go find the pale horse and get out of town. I yeah. really was moved by the scene, not just for the characters. I thought there was a, a bigger thing at play there. I don't know. Call me crazy. I don't know. Am I drinking? What's no. the problem? Lon? No, I mean, I, I think, I think that's, a, it's an excellent point. And I think looking at this whole season, uh, before we, we went on, Rachel was saying, you know, it'll be interesting to look back on this final season once it's complete. Right. And I totally agree. And I think one thing that might come out is really Aria has been the focal point or mm-hmm. she's sort of the, the character that the whole final season is kind of spun on. And I think that what we're, what we're maybe seeing is her making her last transition is going to be mm-hmm. realizing that this power that she has, these abilities that she has, she she shouldn't be a killer. She should mm-hmm. be a protector. Yeah. And I think that that's the transition we're seeing her make, both in obviously trying and failing to save the young girl, mm-hmm. who I think clearly is supposed to remind us again of Shireen. Yeah. Shireen had the little wooden stag. This yeah. girl has a little wooden horse. Uh, and that's, of course, how we can see that she's been burned in the end. And I think that to me was part of, obviously there's a biblical connection to Aria with the uh-huh. white horse. Yeah. It was Harry Strickland's horse. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. I did not R. catch R. that. I saw that on the internet, but uh, I think it's also that she's stroking the horse. She's caring for the horse. Mm-hmm. And that's the transition is that Aria is, has this, she has this amazing power. She's mm-hmm. been using it to like, I got to go kill the top guy and take out the evil. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're seeing is her discovering that, her true calling is to use this to protect people, to help people. And the interesting, I think interesting point will be for next episode is maybe that's a choice she has to actually put into action in the sense Mm. of, you know, what, how they're going to deal with Danny. And I know we'll talk about our predictions, but I, I, I love her coming around to that. I think that that's Mm. exactly what was happening. And I liked it because so many characters in this series are driven by revenge Mm. and some are so far gone down that path, which is why we're going to get Clegane Bowl and how it ended the, the reason why it ended the way it did with Sandor's decision. 
mm-hmm. is because he's lived this life. I think Danny's crossed the line into that. Cersei certainly lived in that sphere. Mm-hmm. And so, so many characters lived there and couldn't extricate themselves from it. Arya is the one who can. Mm-hmm. And it it would be somebody like Sandor to get her to have that realization because mm-hmm. they've had such, I mean, I don't, people are like, but it was like a barely a conversation. I'm like, they barely have conversations. Yeah. They have like an unspoken thing mm-hmm. and it's been established since the get go. And that's why I loved their reunion at the beginning of the season. It was mm-hmm. perfect. Like, yeah, of yeah. course they weren't going to say like, Hey, nice to see you. Like, that's right. not what it's these not, characters the would say. And this, so this echoed that to me in the way that you, I 100% bought that turn and loved that while most, most of these characters couldn't get there. Mm. Arya is the one that we can have a little hope in. Yeah, even, even Tyrion remarks, you know, you know, one not so innocent dwarf, yeah. his death. I love that line. That's like a lot there. No, I love it. I think the image of of, of her, right? It's a you know, we talk about a, a horseman of the apocalypse, that type of stuff. Long, but I think it's also it was a weirdly beautiful, peaceful image. Mm-hmm. Talk about what Jamie failed to do, what all these people failed to do, and, and Arya might have that chance. She might go on and kill Danny. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's part of the journey. I still see this character as needing to leave the land, uh, whether it's west to west or anything else. That 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 taking maybe some of these powers she's learned, long. but finding peace. Yeah, and yeah. it's not about the list and killing people right. on the list, and it's not about revenge anymore. Yes, yeah. I think this this episode definitely put to bed the idea of kill lists and vengeance, and yeah. that now it's going to be you know it's 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 about helping people as opposed yeah. to murdering. Uh, and final uh, note for me on uh, oh yeah no go ahead I cut you off no no that was it. Uh, uh, I love the use the the use of Sandor in this moment. Yes, that she used his name. We had we had yeah. three first name moments. Uh, yeah. Daenerys calls Grey Worm by his name in yeah. Valerian. Torgonudo. Torgonudo. And uh, several times, both Cersei and Kyburn refer to the mountain as Sir Gregor. Yes. We haven't heard in many seasons. Yeah. Absolutely. Stay with me, Sir Gregor. Sir Gregor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love I love that use. Uh, use of the names is powerful. I look in The Last Jedi when Ray calls to Ben's name mm-hmm. uh, and finding yeah. Ben not there. Uh, and Luke choosing to use the word Sidious uh, instead of Palpatine, oh, showing that. That, that it's been accepted that the, the Chancellor of the Galaxy was a, a Sith Lord and all this kind of stuff. There's weight to those choices that you that you, you make. Um, and this is one of them for me, a powerful emotional moment. But this leads Leads to what everyone's been wanting since, well, <laughs> probably before the show started because the books were out. Click game ball. <laughs> we finally got it. All right, Lon. I liked how uh, it sort of resembled a video game fight. Like yeah. halfway through, yeah, really did. He, he, the mount takes off his armor and it's like, oh, now his, his new powers come out. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved it on the sort of stairway to nowhere with the yeah. dragon flying overhead, very oh, like yeah. metal imagery. Uh, I thought that looked really cool. And I, and I loved how it sort of resolved. I think that, yeah. that was the, the perfect final yeah. note. The the all consuming flame, him using the mm. the very he thing was he was terrified of about because of Gregor right. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I will say mm. I didn't. I maybe didn't love the look. You didn't the, like the, the look oh, of, of the mountain. The mountain. Why? Why? I want to hear your opinion. I don't know. This. It was it was so much of what you'd expect. They've oh, been God. covering him. They've been keeping mm. it from us for seasons. I thought there was going to be some kind of reveal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it was like, oh, he's a zombie. Yeah, he's uh, like a zombie guy. <laughs> he looks very Solomon Grundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just looked like of, a walking corpse, which is, I yeah, get that's what he is. I was going to say, mm. he's. I've been saying it for seasons because all my yeah. friends and I still talk about it, but he 
dead. He's dead, guys. <laughs> he's been dead. Um, he's literally an animated, evil, yeah. powerful corpse. No, but that's not. He's not. He's he can think. He knows. Sure, sure. Like he recognized to disobey in this instance. Yeah, which he, he was, recognized his brother, which was an there, iffy yeah. choice on, on my. You know, uh-huh. thinking of it just because Adam was like, uh, but sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Again, that shot is just one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen. Is that the one when they're looking from behind Hello. the hound, looking and, up in the flames? Dra- Drogon just flies over. <sighs> oh, also, my God. we were talking about Lena Headey and her amazing mm-hmm. performance. Her <laughs> got tiptoe around her walk. <laughs> no other actor in TV today could have walked and made it a character choice. Yeah. But the way she just yeah. like, whoop, I'm well, going to. Just, I'm out of this one. I'm going to just skirt around <laughs> this and head down on my own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant physical it's, uh, it's performance. What a, it's a moment we uh, you wanted. We thought it was going to happen, you know, at Cersei's trial, that maybe last season we finally get it. And I, I think it, it, it met my expectations. Uh, uh, Rachel, what about you? Yeah, I think I ended up really liking it that it was its own personal thing. It was not... Um, as a result, like you said, of a, a trial by combat, or it was not tied into the greater plotting of what was happening. It was a moment that the two of them had been hurtling towards forever, and, yeah. and they had made their marks um, on their separate paths along the way, but they were always going to come together in a sort of apocalyptic way that mm. ultimately, yes, did not serve, like I said, the greater story, but served mm. their personal stories. And and the best part about it is the uh, apocalyptic landscape and then the final push and fall into the flames. Like yeah. they, we've been talking a couple of times about like poetry and the symmetry of these uh, characters and stories. And actually all season we've been talking about all the callbacks and things like that. So um, it came full circle in a personal character way that mm. um, was satisfying for me. Yeah, and I, I totally know what you mean. Words, I didn't. It didn't change the side of the battle. Right. It did everything, but it just was a nice to get it. A lot of times, you don't get some of those uh, resolutions, and you know, I'm, is Yara sitting around there? Is Ilaria Sand? Is she uh, on fire down in the cells? I don't know, but uh, I like this one. Uh, I, I just kept the whole episode, especially towards the end, when we see mm. the demise of of uh, Jamie and Cersei, and then the demise mm. of the Cleganes. I just kept thinking about my boy, man, my number one, Tywin. Tywin is rolling in his grave right now. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Sir Gregor yeah. does play a little bit of inside Tywin because that was Tywin's boy. That was yeah, his yeah. number one. Yeah, um, and the Clegane's, yeah. the Clegane's whole purpose was to serve the Lannisters. Like, that's mm-hmm. what they did. Um, and the fact that Jamie and Cersei are now dead, that's another little, you know, Tywin is literally spinning in his grave. <laughs> Tyrion. Tyrion's now the master. Look, look what happened. Oh, yeah. Kill me and the whole city literally explodes. <laughs> like, if Tywin was there, I don't know. I Yeah, I like that. Here's, I like that. Here's yeah. one more thing. is we were, we were talking before about some of the problems with not having enough time this season. Yeah, yeah. One, to one more thing to add on that that I wish we had more time for is I wish I had a better sense of what was happening outside of Winterfell and King's Landing. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, in the realms. There's, there's seven kingdoms. Right. Well, we know there's a new Prince of Dorne. Prince of Dorne. Very exciting news there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Knights of the Vale were around Winterfell. I don't think we tracked them in this episode. But I, I, did, I did see, uh, uh, another person said that. I did see a, a, a House Aaron shield. shield. Okay. But like, I, I what? Saw House there's Aaron. so much country out there, and right. it just doesn't have, the like, a big part mm-hmm. of the question that remains mm-hmm. is like, okay, well, Holding King's Landing is like, great, you technically have the Iron Throne, but it's mm. really about 
uniting these seven kingdoms and ruling the seven kingdoms. And they, they, they sort of hinted at it in the one moment where she made Gendry Lord of Storm's End. That's right. right. So, like, and Highgarden last you, week with Braun. Well, maybe. I mean, oh, I who knows what's going scene. on with I that? Can't. <laughs> well, but that, I mean, that's a good But question. I'm saying, like, like, the reach is huge. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a huge territory. I mean, we got we got the Riverlands. We got, you know, there's you just, got Old Town. Yeah. But, but, but so part of that much. has to do, I think, with Varys' letter. Right. Who is he sending that, well, that to? If not, yes. And the did realm. letters yeah. get out? I think so. I'm, presuming, I'm presuming that some letters got yeah. out. He burns the one that he's writing yeah, when yeah. he's sort of taken About into custody. Caught, yeah. But he's been presumably working. I mean, I feel like that scene, mm. it, it hints us in two ways. One, he's been writing these letters for some time already. Right, right. And two, he's already been trying to poison her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he has his little bird in the kitchen, the kitchen. Yeah. looking she's at her mealtimes and she's not eating. Yeah. He's been already trying to take her out when we join him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm presuming, but I just, we don't even have an idea of like who's who's Life. running everything. Like, yeah. who's, like all of these yeah. houses are just wiped out. Like, House Clegane, you know. Yeah, like no. Just, I mean, they were just wiped out. House Tarly, the Night's Watch is gone. It's the it's it's definitely the wheel been been broken piece yeah. by piece. Whether Dandy did it or not, it's it's right. We're going to be left with a different world. And that's a real question going into this week. Is you know who yeah. supports her and who doesn't? Who's left to defeat and who isn't? I mean, I think yeah. obviously Sansa and Winterfell seems like. There's a big target this on is, Sansa's back. Oh now. yeah, think? No, no, this, so this yeah, this is interesting as we as we look to to next week and and I can't believe we're saying this the end of the show. Wow. Yeah. That's the crazy. Big, the big finish. To, to see that on the screen next week on the final episode yeah, because of Game of Thrones. Have we even talked about John yet? We haven't. We, but I don't think we've mentioned we haven't him talked at all. About him. <laughs> my, my buddy, my buddy texted me. He's like, "Man, John's such an idiot," and I was like. He is. He, he really is, is, but he's, he's John. He's like, I love the, John. That's the thing about so him is dumb. like he definitely reacted in all the ways you would one hundred percent expect him to react, and he was yeah. very noble in in the you know attempts once he was on the ground and once he saw what was happening. And you know, mm-hmm. you I you know you, that's why you love him, and sure. that's why the people love him because this he is a soldier, but does not fall into the bloodless. Exactly. Le- he's a reluctant soldier. Yeah, yeah. He's a reluctant. All of this he doesn't want any of this. Yeah, of course, and that's why he refused to hear Varys and it refused mm. to hear any of it until clearly it's too late and now he has to contemplate it yeah. and so it's going to be um, he'll be much more front and center next mm-hmm. episode once now that he well, knows it's, it's it, yeah it's interesting to me you know again I we but no sh- he was never going to make out with her just to save the day no, the, <laughs> to make a difference <laughs> yeah, it was just, never going to happen just give a kiss John the world would have been <laughs> saved I think but I think yeah I think you guys um yeah, a little oversight maybe on my my spot, uh, you know, my mind uh, not talking about John, but I think you kind of explained it. He did everything expected, uh, which is frustrating at times. It's part of the point at times. And I think now Lot falls onto his lap. I think in terms of ruling and who might win, you know, Lon and I used to do the, the odds back in the first oh, season right. of Watching the Thrones. You know, I'm looking at Sansa, big winner in my book, potentially. Yep. Yeah. But I think a lot will fall back on John as you look to next next week. And I know the show doesn't deal directly with the prophecies as much as we thought it would or wanted it to. But I still look at him yep. as as being the one the final decision might have to come down to. Yeah. And maybe that's putting a, a sword so into I his Nissa Nissa. That's what's going to happen, uh, man. I, I think that could be the case. I mean, I think that's exactly where the, the writers are mm-hmm. pointing us towards. Yeah, I mean, no- they were... They were pointing us towards Danny burning down King's Landing, and it happened. Yeah. yeah. Now they're kind of pointing us towards John killing Daenerys. Him mm-hmm. realizing, like, oh no, she's a monster. She has to die. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the big question mm-hmm. I have is, mm-hmm. I, I think that's my prediction. John kills okay. Danny. 
who kills Drogon or does Drogon have, cause I don't know how Drogon's going to, I I know he's a creature, but he still yeah. has blood on his head. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I still like Drogon. Uh, does Drogon, yeah, yeah. My, my friend and I were he going back and forth. Back does play. he say, John, you're now my daddy or does he say you can't kill my mom? Or I'm, I, well, he doesn't who kills, say anything. Well, I know, I know that, but I'm saying like, does Just he like to make that clear? I don't think Drogon's that would be the start best speaking. The best. Does, don't does, touch mom. Uh, what? No, no but does Drogon realize, like, oh no, yeah. this is now who I serve, or is he gonna? I mean, who kills a dragon? Yeah, maybe that's it. Is it maybe. Arya? I mean, Arya? it would have does, to be a, some sort of a, a sneak attack or plan or whatnot form? in a way. Yeah, because yeah, this episode she clear, clearly showed that if he's on guard, good luck he's to good. you. I tell <laughs> Brand works Brand, into I'm the dragon. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the cool. answer. That's the that's one thing so you can. Cool. You you will never walk again. Can, can but I bring you will something fly. else up? Uh, if we're all kind of predicting that this is going to lay on Danny and John's shoulders, right? The future sure. of the realm, the future of Westeros. Which means this now we'll probably end up with torment. Yeah. So, <laughs> so who is going to be in the Iron Throne? What's going to happen in King's Landing? What happens to the rest of the lords? Those are the questions I have. Like, what happens to Danny? Who uh-huh. kills Danny? And if Danny's going to die, there are two things standing in front of whoever wants to kill her, and that's Drogon and that's Grey Worm. So, mm-hmm. my thing is. Grey Worm's not going to leave her side and is not going to let anyone touch her. So okay. I think Grey Worm automatically you think is a goner because he's okay. my boy. I so mean, that means to be fair, die. you've been saying this for five episodes now. To bra- <laughs> and he's still there. I think to brace yourself emotionally. That'd be amazing if Grey Worm um, somehow lives. But I, I, I guess my question is mm-hmm. the logistics of, of, of defeating a now mad queen. Because we know, Or does she sure. rule? As, a, a lot of people predicted, no, she just reigns supreme and takes over as Westeros and rules with fire and blood. That'd be a very, very dark ending. I don't see it, but then again, you know, that's the thing with predictions. The the Targaryen restoration happened, not the way you would think. I don't know. You know, I don't, you know, one of my favorite shots was, uh, I think they're looking at one point, they or Tyrion, John, I don't know, they look across the Red Keep and it's destroyed. It's standing, but it's destroyed. And it looks very reminiscent of the shot we saw in season two, which we keep bringing up that vision. House of the Undying. It's going to come. We keep bringing up that vision. And I love, and remember, I got, I was one of the ones who's like, oh, it's snow. And yeah. it's like, we were talking, we've been yeah. talking for a while. Oh, it was probably ash. Um, so I, 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 I don't know where to go. I don't know what this Danny ruling, uh, is that's interesting, bittersweet. Cause maybe, you know, yeah, we, we like a lot of us like Danny along the way. So she doesn't die. I just still have always gone back to her needing to die for some reason. Yeah. I was there before she did what she did. And now mm. that she's done what she's done, I can't see her mm-hmm. lasting. I think that there is still mm. a tiny bit of room for, she'll never be redeemed for what she did, the carnage, mm. but there could be a, a last turn on her part to somebody gets through to her in the end and maybe. she'll still die, but maybe yeah. she'll do something right before then that is redemptive in some way. Um, I'd like to hold out hope for that in the sense of, the 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 strong female character angle and and that the intentions were good and i do think that the idea of she did break the wheel not the way we wanted her to but i hope that it what it does is sort of sets this the slate so that whatever happens after the end and and is Uh this idea of not a iron throne maybe yeah. king's landing is abandoned and they set up a new kind of government somewhere else i'd like to see this as it i did want the whole like end of an age beginning of the next era i still see that as a possibility i think i, I still think that's solid yeah i think martin has said 
that he's basing format wise, he's very inspired by Tolkien. And mm-hmm. I think that you you can you could see the sort of bare bones of the structure mm-hmm. there. And I I think that Tolkien very much was like, if you have a good king, then history will be good. And yeah, if you yeah. have an evil king, eh, things will be bad. <laughs> and I don't think Martin has that no. same no. same idea, but I do think that he's gonna keep that end of an era, mm-hmm. dawn of a new age. Like that's where your stories yeah. pivot. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that we're looking at Sansa ruling the north. These kingdoms are gonna kind of become just because mm-hmm. I don't think you can you can do it in one episode. I like she yeah, would, no, no, you can't. She you would know. literally need to fly Drogon around and unite the seven kingdoms in yeah. one episode because they're so disparate now. How yeah. would she ever exert real authority? Yeah, I am. I am definitely preparing myself for somewhat of an open end. I'm not talking journey plays and you know, Gandalf looks they're up just about to eat an onion <laughs> yeah. ring. And- I, I am saying that you what you just said. This one episode cannot fully wrap it up. I think we'll know the direction of what it's going. Maybe you know, I, I, I like, but I don't think it could be Daenerys is going to rule like no, United no, Seven no. Kingdoms. No, 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 I don't. And I don't think it. I think, I think she broke the wheel. Just like she said, she never said she was going to do it with songs and poems. <laughs> um, and she's broken it. Uh, and maybe there is part of the bittersweet is uh, that's a good thing. It got, she took a bad, <laughs> a bad way to get there, but it got there. Uh, does Sansa rule over the normal houses? Does that even count? There's no need for the Night's Watch anymore. There's no need for the wall. All this, everything has changed. It's just, I guess, how much are we yeah. going to see? Well, I, I think part of it, this is me kind of speculating, which is, I guess, what we're doing. Uh, part of it has to do with uh, the titles of the books, Winds of Winter, A Dream of Spring, mm-hmm. I believe is the last book. Yeah. A Dream of Spring, we'll which, never see which it, essentially yes. means... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, there's a, hope for a hope it for the future. we don't necessarily a know what it's going to like. A new era, a new dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the ashes comes a new mm-hmm. generation. Uh, out of the ashes comes a new world. That Which in almost a mm-hmm. weird way brings her, com- in her comment about her mercy is not for those that are in yeah. King's Landing now. It's mm-hmm. for the next generation. So you like I is, get yeah. that line more it's, so when you think about it in those terms. It's all about passing the baton, right? Yeah. Yeah. It can't be Danny after what she's done. It just can't. So so the Agreed. question yeah, then is, is it John? I don't because think I, didn't, I think I don't John think it is, is going to be the one to put an end to it. Stop this madness. Everyone kind of scatters and goes their own way. John goes up North yeah. and retires. And then either so. Sansa, go comes find down, ghost, go find ghost, <laughs> apologize to I ghost. Think, yeah. And then right off into the sunset. He's the one on top of the- ghost. <laughs> I think Which he's is the, the one that gets the Frodo ending. Uh, he's going to go yes. to the, the, his gray havens or the north. But is is King's Landing now pointless? Is, I, I, there's no yes. need for an Iron I kind Throne. Of like that. It's just ash. Yeah. So now the, the the independent seven kingdoms, kingdoms rule yeah. themselves, and that's kind of what hey, going back to maybe like, Edmure, Edmure, Edmure Tully can, can rule Tully the, the Riverlands. He's, he's, he's still around. Uh, yeah. Still alive. No, I like the idea. And Prince of Dorne. Just me, guys. I've said it before. Great spinoff. I fresh Prince of Dorne. No, I'll I hear, take it. Here's what I like, and, and and we, you know, I'm not I'm not playing the call in this episode, but our, our, a long time listener Eric Monroe called in, and he and I are Stannis Baratheon fans, and and he he, he called in saying, hey, you know, there's some similarities between Danny and, and Stannis, and I think it's very true. People ask me, why do you can why do you like Stannis? Well, part of it's because I just love seeing people get disgusted with me. The other half, uh, probably more than half, seventy percent, is I think he is a good just man who became obsessed think uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and what the cup of Christ does to everyone in that movie who try, who has it placed in front of them and I think the throne and the pursuit of that destiny poisons you 
I think it poisons you. And Stannis was to me was a loss of his humanity and his mistakes. So I, I was fascinated in that story, how a good person, he's not necessarily the best person or the most friendliest person, but he was a, a good guy who did everything that was asked for him, who had the thing, had the right to the throne, uh, slowly breaks down. And I saw that happen to Danny, and maybe that's part of the lesson because everyone who got on that throne, Aerys Targaryen, did not start out of the Mad King. He didn't start out. He was he was generally liked. You know, he and Tywin had some infighting, <laughs> and then and then yeah. he slowly devolves. You know, it's, but it's again, it's Tolkien esque. It's Tolkien esque. It's, it's when the you ring. come into contact yes. with the One Ring. Yeah. Uh, and Cersei, the power we, corrupts. Power yeah. corrupts. Cersei. By the way, we didn't even discuss Cersei had wildfire planted around the city. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think that that was yeah. just there. That was the Mad King's yeah. wildfire. He had caches, which was an, honestly, sure. and I'm glad they had those shots to sure. acknowledge the fact that there were untold caches of yeah. wildfire yeah. buried underneath buildings all around. Yeah, that, it, that was how I read that. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's part of the final lesson is this th- this thing poisoned everybody. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. Even the best of them. And Even that, the and best of that's, them. You know, the circumstances are such that mm-hmm. it, it's, it's an impossible to, to rule correctly justly and in all ways seems like an an impossible goal and And, mm -hmm. you know these characters that's why they keep saying john would be the best ruler because he wants it the least but at the same time i think you're talking about characters also falling back into rigidity and Mm -hmm. being in in, like backed into corners where it's all or nothing or it's black and white and stan Mm -hmm. has certainly got to that point and i think danny's at that point and honestly so is john in a different way Mm -hmm. so that's why to step into what's left of all of this we keep looking to sansa Mm -hmm. or like a Tyrion who just can bridge those gaps in sure. ways. Tyrion and Sansa are an interesting team. I don't yeah. think, I don't think the show ends with them together and the last 15 minutes are an auction for the houses that are left. <laughs> um, but it could be, could be. No, but I, I really do uh, I like that idea of, you know, no more Iron Throne, no more King's Landing, independent kingdoms. Yara's already, you know, yeah, over the, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you can have the new Prince of Dorne, Brawn of the Reach, Brawn of the Reach. Um, <laughs> Tyrion and Casterly Rock. C- Tyrion I and Casterly Rock, Sansa up north. I mean, this is all possible. This is all yeah. things that can happen. Right. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how they get there or to whatever version of there is yeah. um, with do, the Danny versus John. Yeah. Do, do you think we're going to get another big battle? No. I, I'm not anticipating. Fight? Yes, fight. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm not anticipating that. No, right? I don't think so. I, I, I who, who, they don't really have. They don't have any, any I mean, armies. Unsullied and what's left of the Dothraki are on her side, and we right. definitely got that. Yeah, but who else has like a big standing army? That's no. uh, Dario's going to return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second no, son, no, Kinvara is no going to return. Yeah. Were you I'm guys uh, 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 jumping to Varys too? You know, uh, there's still a lot of mystery to his backstory. Are you okay with that? A hundred percent okay, but at the same time, yeah. yes, there is. I told my yeah. friends, I'm like, wait a minute, what was the what did the voice what say? The voice? Yeah, <laughs> we never, never got to find out. out. We yeah. never got full resolution yeah. on that. Did the voice say you're gonna die by a dragon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something to that effect. But uh, no, I, I I don't know what. Uh, wait, is that sorcerer still locked in a yeah. crate? In King's Landing, oh, he's Landon. burned up too. Oh, he's burned up now. <laughs> Believe me, I've, I've well, had did Varys bring that crate with him to uh, Essos? He just left them. But the, <laughs> the thing that we keep going back to is the yeah. idea that started from season one. You know, power is power. Power mm. corrupts. Power resides, uh, or men believe it resides. Exactly. Absolutely. You win or you die. The Game of Thrones. Like all this is coming full circle, and we're realizing that. Mm. You know, the actions of someone like a Tywin, or the actions of of now Danny, what she's done, is coming back, and it it does 
you know, ruin you and it destroys you. Yeah. And, and, and again, a lot of what this is, yes, uh, George just, you know, had, had comes up this first chapter of uh, Jamie pushing brand from a, a tower and says, oh, I think I want to write a story about this, but I think what's built up is, is, you know, much like George Lucas using the word wars to talk about how it's not the best. I think you're right, Lon. I think there's a lot of that. And I think, I think that's what I'm looking for in the final episode. Uh, prediction wise, you know, I'm not going to lock myself down. I just don't yeah. know. I don't think any of us here, we're all in the same boat. Like there's a lot of possibilities. Let's just take it in and figure it out for the last time. Any final thoughts here on this big episode of uh, Game of Thrones and Casterly Talk? Rachel? Uh, I just, I'll just say thank you to you guys for having a uh, cordial conversation and, and the therapy was good and I appreciate that. And I just would like to say to all the listeners, you know, you are allowed to dislike things and hate things and love things and it can all be jumbled up together in one episode. You could love mm-hmm. one piece of it and hate another piece of it, but it's still all, you know, in a rooted in a love of this and the good things are never going to go away just because some of the uh, pieces at the end didn't quite add up to the what you know you might have hoped for or wanted but it's still about I don't know mm-hmm. a, a love of something yeah. geeky and fantasy and, and that it's brought us together and I hope that you know despite some trolls out there that we can still live in harmony in this as cheesy as that is no it's not cheesy it's been eight glorious seasons uh what a phenomenon i cannot believe this is ending uh, andres yeah i mean I, I keep going back to to the beauty of this episode on a cinematic level and the and the technique and the power of someone like a miguel sapochnik that guy is incredible um i i watch a lot of anime as i've said before mm-hmm. many times on this podcast which I, i'm assuming a lot of people are annoyed by that um attack on titan uh the first episode of, of attack on titan is c- pure carnage pure horror Mm. Uh, and it's a, it's also a medieval fantasy type, uh, show. And, and I just seeing that kind of idea of like this evil supernatural creature Mm. destroying this kingdom was incredible to see on a live action version. Mm. Um, this episode was just so many levels of, of beauty. So I want to give all the credit to the director, to the team that created such mm-hmm. uh beauty out of carnage i guess for lack of a better word beauty out of carnage yeah. that is uh true about what this episode was long poor harry strickland i can't get over that you have this show and they introduce a character named harry strickland it's like <laughs> it's almost <laughs> comedy just to call him by like the most normal yeah. modern day english yeah. uh name uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, what, what more could I add? I think mm. what, what everybody said, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just excited to see how it all wraps up and I, I don't, I have no idea. Like, I feel mm. like I have an idea of what could happen in the world yeah. of the show next, but I don't know, like, how do you, what's the final scene? Like, how do you yeah. close out this epic story that's gone so far on so many levels? Who's the last character we hear from? Like, it's hard to even conceive of how that would work. <laughs> it's a ghost. Ghost guys, <laughs> ghost. it could be Ghost and Nymeria. They meet back off. up in the wild and run <laughs> off. It's, it's, it, yeah, that'd be amazing. Or right. or John on top of Ghost <laughs> riding off into the sunset. Or it's uh, yeah, Samuel Tarley. Clo- I do. I think there's a, a good boy. chance yeah, that, that it's, I do think there's a good chance that it's John walking up north mm, to go meet Tormund and Ghost. And I, uh, I do I think can, there's, I a, there's I think a somehow if it involves Ghost, I'm happy. And then that's that's when Samuel closes the book and says that was the story of Game of. 
of Thrones. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week uh, for the final review of the show. But Casterly Talk will roll on. There's still a lot to talk about. There's those book things, the histories. <laughs> and don't forget, we have a prequel series coming down the line. But this has been our talk discussion and deep dive into episode five of season eight, The Bells. We'll see you next time on Casterly Talk. Thank you.